0: And at the very least, if you're brave, you're, you're probably at least on guard. Now, I want to take you to that same scene, but change it up a little bit. And I want you to picture yourself in the sun's shining, the birds are chirping, you can see the path in front of you, you know, that cool thing when the light goes through the trees onto the path and you're like, oh, wow, this is glorious. That's what's going on right now. And imagine your mood now and how things have changed. You're probably feeling optimistic if you like being outdoors. You're, you're feeling refreshed. And at the very least, you're relaxed and you have an idea of where you're going. If you saw the title slide here, or if you're human, you probably know the one thing that's setting those two scenes apart. It's light. Light very obviously has the ability to completely change a scene. And, you know, the, the opposite of light is darkness, right? And, and darkness has a discomforting feeling for a lot of people. Um, darkness can be the cause of us tripping and getting injured. How many, how many people have walked through their house that they live in every day and stubbed their toe? It, yeah, like pretty much everyone. For some reason, that is the worst pain in the world. I don't know why. Maybe it's because you feel betrayed by your couch or your coffee table, or the fact that that you're, you're walking through a hallway that you've walked through a thousand times before and it jumps out and gets you, you know, that's the danger of darkness. It can cause familiar things to become unfamiliar and darkness can also cause you to fall asleep at inopportune moments. I remember when I moved into my new house and we had blackout shades in the bedroom and I I was not used to that at all and I went to bed one night feeling awesome, wake, woke up. Completely refreshed, right? And it was dark out still. It must have been midnight until I looked at my clock and I realized I had 15 minutes to get to work and not be late for my meeting. That's what darkness can do. It can cause you to sleep at inopportune times. And pretty much every scary story, campfire story, scary movie, it starts in the darkness, right? Because it's so easy to get lost. So easy to get lost in the darkness. And from what I understand, one of the most common fears that children have is being afraid of the dark. Uh, It's really no coincidence there, but there is a simple thing that can really ease a child's fear, and that's a nightlight, right? Something so simple can make the unknown known, can clear up the fact that there's no monsters under the bed, and the crazy thing about light is it has a 100% effectiveness rate against darkness. As soon as you flip on that light switch every time, right? Has anybody, anybody here not had darkness cured by light? Because I'd, I'd love to know. No? Okay, good. So, we know that it's, it's a, a very powerful thing in our physical world. Um, but when we look at the Bible, when we, we look at Jesus' words, um, we see that light has a very important theme. It's a powerful symbol for those of us who choose to follow Christ. And we don't have to go far into the Bible at all uh, to be introduced into the concept of light, right? So, in Genesis 1 three through 4, God said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. The first words that our all and powerful creator brings, speaks is let there be light. And he saw that light, and he saw that it was good. If we uh, look at the Bible as a, a whole story, as a history leading up, to the redemption of humanity through the resurrection of Jesus, then this really sets the stage up for light to be that powerful, important symbol. So we're going to look at Matthew five fourteen through sixteen. Jesus is speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is talking to his followers, the people that have chosen to follow him. People are attracted to Jesus. There's there's people following him everywhere. And he's beginning to prepare them to to set the stage for the fact that it's not always going to be easy to follow him. And he's setting the stage for the fact that people who choose to follow him are choosing to do something incredible and important in this world. So in Matthew 5:14 through 16, Jesus says, "You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden." Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus calls us to be a light in the world. He calls us to be a light in the room. He calls us to be a light in the environment. And he calls us to be a light that shines before others. An example. Sometimes, when you're uh, preparing to talk and you don't talk often, you Google your subject. So, I googled light. And the first definition that comes up is light is a natural agent that stimulates sight and make, makes things visible. So, I want to take that definition. And when you pair that definition with Jesus' call in Matthew 5, we are called to be agents that stimulate sight and make things visible. Isn't that beautiful? We have the ability to be the light to the world. Jesus is calling us into that. And as followers of Jesus, we can make things brighter. When I look at the dark things going on in the world, and and we don't have to look far, I know, you just have to pull up your your browser on on the internet, and, and it's some of the first things you see, you know, there's so many hopeless things going on in the world, and pain and suffering, but we have an opportunity to be the light in the darkness, I know there's no higher calling, especially when I, when I put that into uh, context there, when I see what's going on in the world, and we're called into that invitation to be the light in the darkness. Jesus is giving us incredible purpose. So before we are the light, though, I think it's very important that we understand where the light comes from. And it's something we talked about um, on Easter. We were talking about the claims that, that Jesus made. And um, in John eight twelve, Jesus says, Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. A bold claim, but we find evidence of that through the resurrection. All his promises, all the things he said were, became evident when he conquered death and sin. We look at Jesus' life too and we see how he displayed light. He was around the hurting and the disenfranchised. The outsiders were drawn to him. If you look at Jesus' life, they were drawn to him. He healed the sick and literally and metaphorically, he brought sight to the blind. He loved greatly and he died for all those who looked to him. Therefore, because he died for us as we were sinners, we can become the light. We are a reflection and a tribute to our Savior. We are told that as believers in Christ, that we receive His Spirit. And that is how we display the light. Jesus is with us. His Spirit is in us, and it transforms us. Unfortunately, darkness tends to creep into our lives. You know, Just like light was good when it was created, so was humanity. And then sin crept into the world, and, and darkness crept into the world. So we have to constantly tap into our light source. We, we can't do it on our own. It's, it's not just something that like a light switch that we turn on, but it's a process. We have to seek out the light, and being the, being the light is a journey. You know, our, our motto here, belong, believe, become. Um, becoming is a process. It's not a, a one-time thing in the journey, but it's something that we do on a day-to-day basis, and it's essential that we tap into the to the light. I want to look at three ways that, that we can tap into our light source. Number one is getting into God's word. We are given an incredible gift. It's the Bible. And the Bible is just not a book, but it's, it's the living word of God. If we want to become more Christ-like, we have to spend time in the truth, in the light, and let it illuminate our lives and point us towards love and redemption and change. God's word, it teaches us, it molds us. And I know in my life, when I truly find time to spend time in God's word, I am transformed. I see God working in my life in ways I don't when I forget that. Maybe you've had this experience. You've read a verse in the Bible, and it meant one thing. It's amazing how it can speak directly into your life. Maybe it's something you're going through or someone you know is going through. And it can speak directly to you at that point in your life. And then you can come back days, weeks, maybe even years later to that same verse. And it speaks to you in new and amazing ways. That's the living word at work. In Psalm one nineteen. Psalms 119, um, many believe that David's the author here. And David spends most of this chapter speaking about how God's word is good to him. How God's word teaches and guides him. And he compares God's word to light. So Psalms 119, 103 through 105 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Through his words, God has given us a clear path to become more like Jesus. We need to learn to fall in love with the word so we can be directed by the light it's one of the God, the ways in which God can speak to us another way is through conversation and Jesus talks about the promise that we have that when we ask for things that are good like light we will receive them he wants to spend time with us in conversation God wants to be with us he longs for that he wants to give us good gifts and light is good we see it first chapter of the Bible And through prayer and petition, we can become more like the light. In Matthew 7, 7 through 8, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or ask for a fish, will give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We are the children of a good Father. He wants to give us good gifts. We have the evidence right there. He wants to give us good gifts. We can come to him expectantly and ask to be the light. Conversing with God can be done in many ways, but it's important that we speak to him and that we ask for that strength because he is the source of the strength that we have. Whether it's through journaling, a vocal prayer, or maybe silent meditation, we can spend time with God, our creator, and he can focus our thoughts so that we can become more like the light. He wants to give us those good gifts. and One of the gifts that he gives us is number three, which is each other, a body of believers, The light is present when we spend time together. The reason we meet here, it's it's a very powerful and beautiful thing. And I want to look at Matthew 18 through 20 and look at Jesus' words again. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 20, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. We cannot be the light on their own, but together there's power. There's power in gathering in the room, this room here. He wants us to be meeting in his name. And Jesus says that when we meet, he is present. Through our worship together, our study together, our fellowship, his power is present. And I'm sure lots of you have been thinking about this this morning, but I just want to take a minute to, to recognize that fact that we are meeting in his name and, and he's present. Jesus is alive today and he's here. Amen. Meeting together is something that we, we must do to recharge our spirit. We can encourage each other so that we can go out and face the darkness. The church isn't just a club or a place where we meet once a week, but it's a training ground. It's a source of encouragement that allows us to go out into the world. It allows the flames of our faith to be fanned so that we can be light in the world. And it just reminds me again how important this time is together and how how it's so, so valuable. And not only the time here, but as we go out in the week and we meet together, as you have coffee with one of your brothers or sisters as you uh, have lunch together, as you, maybe you go to a branch dinner and, and, and we spend time together, he's present there and we can encourage each other. When one of us is feeling dim, we can brighten the room and brighten each other. We, are, we definitely shine bright, brighter together and, and we're called to meet in that way in his name. So to find the light, we, we can tap into it several ways. God's good word illuminates our path we can ask to be in relationship we can ask for that strength and god will give us good gifts and we can find light when we gather in his name so i want to shift gears a little bit for a moment and i want to I want to talk about what it looks like once we tap into the light what it looks like to be the light in the world Sometimes I think that we can overcomplicate the, what it means to be the light in the world. I know many times myself I've asked, you know, am I being the light? Am I, am I doing things right? And the beauty of it is that we have, we have Jesus as a perfect blueprint to what light looks like. He embodied that through life. Jesus truly attracted people by the way he loved people unconditionally. Regardless of a person's profession, tax collectors, they were hated. Jesus spent time with them. Their social standing, prostitutes, or their ability to fit into society, lepers who no one wanted to be around because they were uh, they, they were sick and, and contagious. But Jesus spent time with the sick, the contagious. He spent time with the people that no one else wanted to be around. And Jesus displayed... The fruits of the Spirit. We did a whole study on the fruits of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. He displayed those in all of his interactions every day with all the people he worked with. Now, I want to get really practical for a minute and take a few minutes to look at a few simple things that allow us. The opportunity to be the light in the world, and it's okay if you laugh because a few of these, uh, I'll say it's a disclaimer. Um, You know, I might struggle with some of these things, and that's that's why I'm bringing them up. Um, But we can be a light when we drive. And when I told Kate that I was going to talk about that, she laughed at me. So um, (laughs) we have a, a ability to be a light through the way we drive. It might seem silly, but how much can we? Exercise, patience, and kindness uh, when we're driving to the people around us. Half of you are probably looking at the people next to you and, like, mm hmm. Um, but we have that ability. I, it was funny, <laughs> road race, yeah. It was funny when I was preparing for this. I, I remember I was, I, I was going from work from building to building and I was trying to get over. And I had my turn signal on. And the guy next to me was in my blind spot. And I sped up. He sped up. I slowed down. He slowed down, and right when I was about ready to do one of these where, you know, you look at them and put your palm up and shake your head, I realized it was, it was my friend, and I was like, oh, geez, that's so embarrassing. It, re- it reminded me how you never know who's in the car next to you. You never know how a small action is going to affect somebody, how a little kindness is going to set the stage for something bigger because God is alive and he's working, I know when when I finally got in, I, that's a great feeling, and if if we can give that same feeling to people, be kind and patient, then we can make little impacts in people's lives day to day, and not to mention the people who are in the car with us. We can certainly be a witness to them as well. If we, when somebody cuts us off in traffic, there there's two ways we can react, right, and if we uh, react a little more like Jesus might have reacted with love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, we set a wonderful example. We set the stage uh, to display the light and point people towards Jesus. I can guarantee you this week as you go out that you every, everything's not going to go your way. right? Something's going to happen. It's a given that... Not everything's going to go perfectly this week. And, and that gives us another opportunity to display light. When somebody says something that's rude to us or, or somebody, um, something doesn't go our way, we have the opportunity to be light through the way we interact. And that's, that's one simple way that we can show how Jesus has changed our lives. In times of adversity, we have the ability to shine in the darkness and, and be a witness to the world. Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. A light is something incredibly powerful and good and and Jesus has called us to be that in the world. We must tap into our light source so that we can be the light. We have an opportunity in our day-to-day lives in the little things and the big things to do that. By being the light on earth, we're illuminating a path and pointing people towards our source our creator. There's one more definition, the second definition in Google of light that I thought was beautiful as well. Light is an understanding of a problem or mystery. It is enlightenment. Jesus is asking us to be him, to be his love in the world. We have the ability to bring understanding to people who are struggling and we have the ability to bring enlightenment and that is the truth that we have and the hope that we have and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The light points people to God, a God who loved them so much that he gave his one and only son so that they wouldn't have to perish but could have eternal life. And we sent, he sent his son to illuminate a path back to our home, back to the fact that we are children of a good God. I want to close out with that invitation today. If, if you are not a follower of Jesus today and you... Um, this is hitting home with you today. You are invited to be a part of the light, to be a part of a life that has the fruits of the Spirit. You have that opportunity um, to be in that light. And Jesus and God, he just, he just wants to start that conversation with you. It's a, it's a simple step. You can, you can start tapping in that source today. If you are a follower of Jesus, I, I just want to encourage you and uh, to recognize the little moments this week that you can be the source of the light. Spend time with our source of light. And I'll close this out with a prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. We, uh, we thank you for, for the creation of light and, and what it brings to our lives, Lord, that your son could be on the earth as, as we are, Lord, that he could walk a perfect life. to Give us an example of how to be peace and love to the people around us, Lord. We just pray that that power illuminates in our life and the environments around us this week as we go out. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.